0: You just can't wait another year to get it right. Most of us go through life, our whole life, not getting it right, majoring on minor issues. Uh, When you're in your youth, your main concern is getting a car, getting a career, getting a spouse, getting the skills you need to advance in life. When you become a, a young adult, you're Concern is career advancement, um, maybe children, I mean house status, that sort of thing. when you get to midlife, you start with thinking about retirement, paying off the bills, getting your kids married off, and travel you're, uh, When you get to your senior years you 're looking for things to do, you try to fill your days with whatever activities come to mind you 're concerned with your health, your aches and pains, your pills, and appointments. I think i 'm getting close to that actually. <laughs> And then we die. As we face the year 2010, some of us have already thought of some New Year's resolutions, things that we can do differently, things that need to change. But I want us to remember that the most important thing for you to get it right in the year 2010 is found in that Scripture verse, uh, Matthew 6.33. It's my, my life verse. And you know it, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The most important thing that you need as you start out the year 2010 is to make sure that your relationship to God is on track, that your priority is Jesus. And so I'd like us to look at the, at the story of Mary and Martha when Jesus came to their house. And if you've got your Bibles, take them and turn to Luke chapter 10. And we're looking at verses 38 to 42. I want you to see the experiences of these two sisters who came face to face face with Christ. One got it right and one got it wrong. So um, it begins like this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. You hear that? Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, let's just uh, go to the next slide, Scotty. And if everybody could just read that with me. And before you go... Uh, you see where it says Martha, Martha? I want you to search your own name there. So at first, it's going to sound kind of strange. Everybody's saying their own name. And then I want you to read the rest of the verse. Ready? So it's going to go like this. Alan, Alan. Okay. Can you say Jarell, Jarell? Right? Here we go. Ready? Wendy, Wendy. Okay. All together. Ready? Here we go. Alan, Alan. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Stop there for a second only one thing is needed. Only one thing is needed. And read it. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So if you want to just mark that in your Bibles there where it says, Martha, Martha, you just write your own name right beside it. Alan, Alan, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. I want to talk to you this morning about that one thing that is needed. Now, Martha's reputation is on the the line here. Her reputation as a lady of hospitality and great food. And so she lashes out, look at that, she lashes out at Jesus and Mary. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Can I just uh, ask you a question this morning? Have you recently been been lashing out at the Lord and asking the Lord why he hasn't been doing what you want him to do and why why is this like that and the other thing like that, and and you're upset. But Jesus, in his very gentle way, I, I just love the way the Lord answers Martha. He, she, he doesn't lash out at her the way she lashes out at him. He just simply says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Martha represents what we all struggle with, the worries, the cares, the concerns of life. Mary, on the other hand, represents what we should all be doing. We should all be sitting at the feet of just Jesus. We should all be hearing Jesus who said about himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Martha is distracted by life, and Mary is distracted by the life. Mary is distracted by Jesus. Martha's distracted by all the cares and the concerns of life. Now, let me ask you the question as we enter 2010, what's distracting you? Is Jesus your distraction? Is Jesus the main thing in your life? Or are you all uptight and anxious and worried about money and about how you're going to pay the bills and about your family, and your kids, your husband, your wife, your food and the house? And, you know, you're just so distracted that you you don't have time to pray you don't got time to read your bible well let's just take a look at that for a moment martha distracted by life and all the preparations that had to be made she came to jesus and asked lord don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself tell her to help me when you're a, when you're a, a homemaker and When you're the the one who's responsible for hospitality in the Middle East, you have to understand something, that in Middle Eastern Eastern hospitality is a sacred thing. The host cares for every need of, of every guest that comes through his or her doors, including washing the feet of the guests, making sure that the guest is comfortable, making sure that there's refreshments for the guests, until the food is served, and then making sure there's a great meal placed before the guests. Martha is totally wrapped up in making sure that her guests are properly cared for. In fact, it was a shameful thing, extremely shameful thing, to have guests come into your home and then not to care for them. It was a shameful thing to leave a guest in your home wanting anything. When you would go to the home of anybody in the Middle East, you sat there and you got waited on hand and foot. That's the Middle Eastern way. It was shameful to offer substandard hospitality. In fact, it would be gossiped about in the community. And remember, for months and years to come, you remember the time when Martha and Mary had Jesus over and they didn't even wash anybody's feet? Can you believe it? Oh, isn't that terrible? Wasn't that awful that there were no hors d'oeuvres? I cannot believe that they had these people and no hors d'oeuvres. Can you believe that the food wasn't as hot as it could have been? Yes, that's what would happen. Back in the 1980-something or other, uh, mid-'80s, um, uh, I went with Marilyn and some friends to, to uh, Israel. And at that time, the tours were still going to Jericho. And some of you may remember me mentioning this in the past. But we went to, into a little shop there in Jericho, uh, uh, just a typical Middle Eastern shop. And there was a boy sitting in the back of the shop while his mother was at the front selling stuff. The boy was sitting in the back eating some food that his mother had prepared. And um, I I believe it was actually some hummus with some uh, flatbread. And the boy, when he saw me, we, we, we exchanged greetings. I said hello to him, smiled, nodded. He smiled, nodded to me. And then immediately he took some of that flatbread, dipped it into the whatever he was eating, I believe it was hummus, and then offered it to me. Now I didn't. I thought, well, this is strange. <laughs> I, I never, never had something like this happen to me before, and uh, so I took that hummus with whatever was, or that flatbread with, with the hummus or whatever it was on it, and I and I ate it. And he smiled, and I smiled, and and he never offered any more. <laughs> but that was. But he did his thing. I came to understand later that that is part of the Middle Eastern hospitality. You never would have somebody into your house without taking care of them, without, without meeting their need, without offering what you have. And so you could see how Martha is so terribly distressed and upset that she's got all these guests in her home. And remember, it's not just Jesus. It's Jesus and the disciples and many others. And you know, you and I can relate to Martha and you could say, you know, I could surely f- understand how Martha would feel. In fact, I think that I would probably, I personally, they would probably be just like martha. I would be the one complaining to jesus I would be the one distracted by all the cares and the concerns and things that have to do that have to be done And maybe that's you this morning You're so tight about your weight. You're tight about your finances. You're tight about your family your marriage your your job And jesus is saying to you you have forgotten the most important thing you've gotten distracted by life now, I want you to recognize something. Martha began well. She began really well. She, in fact, had Jesus into her home so that she and others could hear and learn from the Master. We all, many of us, begin well. We love the idea of accepting Jesus into our lives. At home. We love the idea of serving Jesus. We love the idea of introducing people to Jesus. But somewhere along the way, Martha... It was quite literally distracted by life and the cares of life. And you know, that happens to every one of us. I don't know about you, but it comes scraping to the end of 2009, and you, you just feel maybe worn out, battered, beaten, and you just think, oh, man, I don't know if I can face another year. Well, I need to remind us all, as we face 2010, that the most important thing is not to be distracted by life, but be distracted by the life, but by Jesus You need to get back in touch with Christ. You need to get back into your Bible. You need to start listening to the praise and worship tapes once again. Put away those white Christmas and the Christmas videos and pull out some videos that remind you that Jesus has got to be number one in your life. Here's poor Martha. She's all distracted by proper protocol and by justice, and it's not fair, and how come Mary gets to sit and do nothing, and I'm the one that's got to do all the work. You you can relate to what I'm talking about. Maybe you came to church here this morning, just had a great argument with your wife or your husband or your kids about who should take out the garbage, and you're just so distracted on the way to church. There's Martha, distracted terribly. Oh, she's distracted by doing good. She's got great intentions, great motives. But can I remind you of this, my friends, that the most important thing in life is not proper protocol or doing good or justice. The most, most important thing in your life is to have a rich relationship with Jesus Christ. And for some of you, it's gone by the wayside. Some of you need to get reconnected. Some of you need to remember what Jesus says. Alan, Alan, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. And so this morning, what I want us to do, I want want us to remind ourselves of who Jesus is and what he taught. Jesus said this, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so I'm going to tell you today, you can have a great goal-setting regimen. You can you can have new resolutions and you can say, okay, starting on Monday I'm going to the gym and I'm starting my diet and I'm starting, I'm going to start doing it all. I'm going to balance my check for book. It hasn't been balanced for a year, but I'm going to balance it to on Monday. Okay, those things are great, but I'm, i i got to remind you of the way of the Christian. The way of the Christian is to put Jesus first. I'm going to tell you this right now, that if you put Christ first, if you get, if you stop being distracted by the things of this life, I'm going to tell you that these things that you need to do will all begin to fall into place. And I'm going to tell you that the reason we get ourselves into trouble so often is because we are distracted by life and we try to handle it all by ourselves. I don't know about you, but I discovered at the age of almost forty eight that i cannot I cannot handle this life on my own. I need to help with Jesus. Anybody else like that this morning I, I I need jesus i I desperately need Jesus to help me and so i'm i'm so so blessed so blessed to know that Jesus holds all the answers to all of life's problems and challenges and so I'm I'm attracted to to Mary this morning, and 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 her wonderful attitude, her wonderful spirit. Look what it says there. Martha distracted by life. Mary distracted by the life. And when I say the life, you know that means Jesus. That's what Jesus called himself. He said he he said he was the life. In Luke ten thirty nine. Mary had a sister, or Martha had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Just let, just stop and think about that for a moment. Let that just seep into your heart. Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what Jesus said. Well, Martha is spinning out of control. Well, Martha is distressed and biting her fingernails off. Well, Martha is inwardly seething and angry. Well, Martha is bitter that her sister... Well, Mar- Martha is bossing Jesus and everybody around. There's Mary sitting serenely at the feet of jesus now let that picture just settle in your heart let the spirit of god plant that picture in your mind because this morning that's what jesus calls each and every one of us to do to take time to sit at the feet of jesus to hear his voice when's the last time you heard the voice of jesus when's the last time your heart was calmed and settled by that sweet sweet voice of christ When's the last time all the fears and all the worries and all the cares and the concerns of life were quietly and gently brushed aside by the gentle voice of Jesus. Only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. That's what Jesus said. Only one thing is needed. Do you hear that? Only one thing is needed. And Mary was doing it. She was sitting at Jesus' feet, hearing his voice. That's the one thing that's needed. And as you enter 2010, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you to follow the example of Mary who did the one thing that's needed. She took time to sit and listen to what the Master had to say. She, had, she took time to listen to the voice of the Master. Mary was so captivated by Jesus that nothing else mattered to her. Imagine that kind of devotion to Christ. Can you say that about yourself, that nothing else matters to you but Jesus and what he has to say? She didn't care what her family said. She didn't care what her friends said. She didn't care what anybody else thought. And yet, how many of us are controlled by our family members or controlled by what our friends say or what our friends think? We're concerned about what 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 our status is at work or the community. Mary didn't care about any of that. She didn't care if people gossiped about her. She didn't care. She was at the feet of Jesus and nothing else mattered. She didn't care about food or drink. You see, Jesus was her food and drink. Now, stop and think about that for a minute. Because that's exactly what Jesus said. Isn't that what Jesus said? My food is to do the will of my Father. This is the kind of devotion to Christ, my friends, that's going to make your Christian life a great joy and not a burden. This is the devotion to Christ that will thrill your heart and see answers to prayer. Jesus, when tempted by Satan to turn a stone into bread, you know what he said? He said, man does not live by bread alone. Martha, man does not live by bread alone. Man lives. Woman lives. Children live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is what's going to sustain you, my friends, in your life. In the difficult times that you're going through right now. It's to hear the voice of Jesus. That's your bread. That's your water. That's your nourishment. That's what's going to give you hope and courage to face another year. To hear the voice of Jesus is what's going to put you on your feet and cause you to stand and to stand firm. Satan can come with all his temptations and all his attacks. And you can say... Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's what's going to sustain you. And Mary understood it. And Martha didn't. What matters to you right now? Think of it. What's the most important thing to you right now? You're worried about your relationships? Uh, Maybe worried about your job? I don't know and you're concerned, and you're you're plotting, and you're scheming, and you're trying to find a way to make things work out right, my friends, leave it with God. Bring it to the Lord, and leave it with Him, and let Him work it out. And just trust Him. And you'll see God do things that you could never have imagined you'll see God move into your situation and solve your problems and help you with your challenges in ways you couldn't even imagine. You're not bright enough. You're not smart enough. He said, thank you very much, Pastor. It's just what I needed to hear. How many know today you're not bright enough or smart enough? You need Jesus. And you will find Jesus help you and strengthen you and lead you in ways that you couldn't even imagine. This is what Mary discovered. And so as we begin 2010... have to say, if Jesus does not hold first place in your heart, then you need to say this morning before you leave this place, Lord Jesus, take take charge of my heart once again. I don't know how this happened, Lord. Somehow I took control of the reins again. But Lord, I need your help. I need you to come and help me as I let you take charge of my life. I love this picture here. (laughs) Listen to this. Mary didn't just dabble. She didn't dabble in a relationship with Jesus. She just sort of wasn't just in the room listening intently. She got as close to the master as possible. She was at his feet. That's what it says. She sat at the Lord's feet listening. You can't get any closer. It says She got as close as she could get. She moved in. And she was all ears and her senses are tingling as she's sitting and listening and absorbing what Jesus has to say. She's not at the back of the room. She's at his feet. And I'm going to ask you the question, where are you right now in your relationship to God? Maybe you're at the back of the room, but you know for sure in your heart you're not at the feet of Jesus George Barnard reports that 96% of Americans say they believe in God. 96% and yet only 41% attend church. In Canada, the numbers are much lower. In fact, they say that we would be lucky if we have 10% of our population attending church on a Sunday. We're in bad shape here in Canada. George Barnard further reports that while 82% desire spiritual growth, only 13% have deep, transforming faith. And I suspect that that's quite accurate to say of us here in North America and Canada, and maybe even in this church. How many of us have that deep, transforming faith, that vibrant life that Mary experienced at the feet of Jesus? Mary listened to every word. She hung on his every word. She recognized the transforming power of his words. Listen to this, my friends. She was, listen, this is so important. She listened so carefully to Jesus, she didn't even hear her sisters whining and complaining. Are you that close to Jesus that the voices of this world don't compete, are no longer even a competition? That Jesus is number one in your life. You are in your Bible. You are praying. You have a rich, vibrant relationship with Christ. Well, that's what Mary had. It's unfortunate that so many of us, for so many of us, it takes a real disaster, a catastrophe in our life to cause us to come to the feet of Jesus. I wonder what it's going to take for you to cause you to come to the feet of Jesus. Remember back to September the 11th, after the attack on the towers, the Twin Towers in New York, it literally drove millions of people to church. People were frightened. People were, were scared. They reported that attendance at that following Sunday was up 15%. Then after just a few weeks, it went back to normal, went back to normal. As soon as the, as soon as the shock and the worry and the fear of it passed, people forgot about God. We're back to our own, our old nonsense, and our old cares and concerns. I wanted to share with you quickly before we close three signs that you've lost your focus on Jesus. Because you're sitting here saying, "You know, I come to church Sunday. I'm pretty happy. Things are good." Um, Three signs that you've lost your focus on Jesus. First of all, like Martha, you grumble you find yourself grumbling, complaining, and finding fault in everyone. That's the first sign that you've lost your focus on Jesus. You're starting to grumble and complain and whine and find fault in everyone. Did you notice that while Martha was grumbling and whining and complaining, negative, 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 Mary's not grumbling about anything. She's not complaining about anything. She's not whining about anything. She's happy as can be at the feet of Jesus. Let the Spirit of God speak to your heart, because when you're in right relationship to Jesus, when you are hearing from Jesus on a daily basis, when you're walking with Christ on a daily basis, you can't be anything but happy and joyful. Not because your circumstances are great, but but in spite of your circumstances, because Jesus is with you. The second sign that you've lost your focus on Jesus is that you feel sorry for yourself. There's Martha having a real pity party. And the good news is that a lot of people showed up for her pity party, but nobody was joining in. In fact, they were quite shocked at what was coming out of her mouth. Poor me, I have all this work to do all by myself. No one cares for me, not my brother and not my sister and not even Jesus Has that been you? Jesus, you don't care about me. God, you don't care. You don't hear my prayers. You're not. You you see me struggling and and how could you allow this? You didn't see Mary complaining or feeling sorry for herself. She's at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to tell you, at the feet of Jesus, people don't feel sorry for themselves. Rather, they find themselves rejoicing and worshiping. The third thing that, you, that you'll do, the third sign that you've lost your focus on Jesus is that you start telling God and everyone else what to do. There's Martha. Mary, get in here, and Jesus, tell her. Jesus, tell her, tell her to get in here and help me. Imagine that. Imagine telling God what to do. Imagine telling, giving instructions to Jesus, the one who walked on the water and raised the dead and fed the, the multitudes. She's telling Jesus what to do. Do you find yourself doing that? Uh, you will find yourself doing that when you feel that you've got you've to control what happens in the universe. Can I remind you this morning? You're not God. <laughs> and it's not your job to be concerned about the rotations of the planets. It's not your, it's not your job. It's God's job. And he's calling you to let him be God. God. He's calling you to let him have control in your life. And so Jesus says, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. You know, the cool thing is this, my friend, listen to me. Jesus says, Mary's chosen what is better. Listen, and it will not be taken from her. You know, when you make up your mind to say, Jesus, I'm going to put you first in my life, then all of heaven conspires together to make it possible for you to sit at the feet of Jesus. If that is your desire, if that is the longing of your heart, and you cry out to Jesus today, and I'm going to tell you that all of heaven, all the angels will band together so it's possible for you to sit at the feet of Jesus and to hear his voice so that you will no longer try to face this life and all of its challenges and problems by yourself. Jesus is there for you. And he wants to help you. He wants to, he wants to strengthen you. George Barnabas reports that seven out of ten adults say that having a close personal relationship with God is a top priority. Can I remind, remind you this morning? It's not a top priority. It is the top priority. It is the only priority. And this morning, if you have quit, stopped reading your Bible, and maybe with the Christmas rush, I mean, it's so ironic, isn't it? We celebrate the birth of Christ, and yet we, we've, we've stopped reading our Bibles, and we, we get all uptight and anxious about, about Christmas. If, if that's you this morning, then I want to encourage you this morning, as you face 2010, to get it right by getting your relationship with God on track. Maybe you haven't been doing your devotions. You've let it slide for a long time. Maybe you haven't prayed recently. You've let that slide too. My prayer is that you will get yourself back on track again. We're going to show a video clip right now. Scotty. if you show that clip.